morning in the Garden of Weeds. Two floors down, an expanse of near nothing is corralled by a rickety fence and feeble wood. Poles that were once solid and stable lean awkwardly. Wire dangles above the weedy desolation by measly rusted staples. Like an overrun Middle Earth, this landscape is no place for the domesticated. Thistle and thatch govern the once lush garden. Abandoned for months, there is little sustaining life in the used-to-be Eden of peppers, Swiss chard, green beans, lettuce, and peas. But all is not as it appears. Intentionally forsaken, the energies of sprouting, budding, and fruiting were allocated to the more noble activities of rest, recuperation, and regeneration. I intentionally let my garden go fallow this year. Early on, a few plants sprouted from last year's growth gone to seed. A spinach plant poked its head up in late spring. Lettuce peaked from the earth, one here, another there. Tomato seeds, tossed by last year's rotted fruit, bore various straggly plants, barely supporting even the smallest orb. Although amused by these volunteers, I was not self-satisfied. I knew these spotty growths were only happenstance results of hard work done a year earlier. And then a thought arose as I gazed down from the window. A harvest is gathered when we are actively, intentionally working. I'm a strong believer in we reap what we sow, especially when it comes to relationships. But all too often, we sow vigorously for a while, and then we stop. I believe married couples can identify with this. Although fruit is still produced, it's cast off and casual. And like my plants that appeared this year, our growth is weak, sparse, and unpredictable at best. We need to realize that if we're to be successful, and by that I mean produce desirous fruit, we have to be intentional and tend to the what we plant. We cannot work for just a short time and expect the yield to continue for years and years. We need to actively prune, weed, and water the work that was begun. Yes, the kind and intensity of the work changes, but work still must be done. Then another thought grew. We're not made to produce constantly. Just as the trees in the northeast sabbath with the coming of the winter-chilled winds, so too we must enter into times of wintering, as God determines. I've learned to embrace these seasons as gifts of mercy and expectation. The scriptures say that every good and perfect gift is from the Father of heavenly lights, in James chapter 1, verse 17. These gifts are often the soft beckoning of the Spirit towards us to rest and recuperate, to solitude and silence. I just spent time with a good friend who recently spent four days in silence. He sheltered away from the noise and confusion to settle his heart, energy, and soul to creativity and art. In order to produce, he had to Sabbath. He had to rest. Just as my garden rests from its normal production, so too we must from time to time, in a regular and timely rhythm, rest. To do otherwise is inhuman. As I've learned about the depth and breadth of Sabbath, I've come to hold sacred my times of producing nothing of significance. I found it completely counterculture, especially church culture. But I've also found God smack dab in the middle of those occasions. That's where he waits for his beloved to meet him. He does not race back and forth as we do. No, he waits for us to draw near to him, and then he speaks. 
How often have we missed out on the voice of God and exchanged it for productivity? Innumerable, I believe. So here are the two lessons we must face and embrace. One, to produce desirous fruit, we must work with intentionality and regularity. And two, we must learn to rest with regular rhythm so the fruit produced can be enjoyed. The Genesis story of creation is marked with a rhythm with intentional work and then rest. Have you ever noticed that rest doesn't happen just on the seventh day? Read the passage carefully. Each day is decorated with a distinct evening and morning pronouncement. I believe there's a pause, a slight intentional rest between each account. And there was evening and morning. Second day, rest. The crescendo comes with the seventh day ceasing that punctuates the entire narrative. And it's all very good. To the undiscerning eye, a plot of weeds can look like neglect irresponsibility, or lazy. And in some cases it is. But to those who understand the essentiality of the rhythm of working and ceasing, it's the precursor to life. When we rest, we allow the world to spin without our concern. We allow the soil of our hearts to regenerate with nourishing riches. And we allow our souls to draw near to the master of rest, the Creator. So take time to establish a regular rhythm of rest, a Sabbath, each week. You can begin doing this each day through the day in little moments of quiet and prayer. I believe that what is produced as you allow your heart, soul, and mind to lay fallow, even for moments, will be greater than you can imagine. And just a note, whether you believe in a literal 24-hour day or not in the creation story doesn't matter at this point. It's more important to grasp the passion of God for rest and ceasing for our good and the manifestation of his kingdom.